Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, you guys? This is John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of, I've been waiting to say this, Arnold. Uh, Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of our favorite 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. All the way down. Getting down to the nitty-gritty, to minutia you didn't know you cared about. <laughs> This is our uh, our second episode for a a favorite of ours, something that we hold near and dear to our hearts, and that is Kevin. A uh, bloodsport. Bloodsport, friends. The the Jean Claude Van Damme vehicle. His maiden voyage catapulted him onto the world stage. Um, it's a fucking badass movie. It's wonderful. It's garbage in the best possible way. So our last episode we covered right up until his his. Frank Dukes, our star character's completion of his ninja training, <laughs> right? He has completed his training via yes. flashback. Via flashback. Now we're back in the present. And, uh, yeah, so we, we see just post-flashback as Frank is coming out of the, 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 the phase, the fog of flashback, <laughs> uh, that he is, uh, he is in his shidoshi, his sensei, his home, and he walks into the bedroom to visit Tanaka, who, for all intents and for what we know, it's like he's got cancer. Something is not right. He's on his deathbed. He seems to be near death, but they never actually say that. But it's just weird if not. If he's not at the verge of death, I don't know. And and a lot of weird things, like Frank walks in, Tanaka's sitting there with his eyes open he's like are you asleep <laughs> what the hell but tadaka's response is golden it's like do you sleep with your eyes open yeah. i want him to say dumbass <laughs> basically um so duke's les like wants to tell him i hey shidoshi i'm on my way to the kumite yeah i'm gonna just, make you proud I just stopped by to tell you i'm going to honor you and, and tanaka tells him you know my spirit will be with you and you're gonna fucking need it <laughs> so in my mind this this should have like been the death scene. It right? would make sense for it to be. It feels like the scene where Luke goes to visit Yoda in Return of the Jedi. Right. Like, hey, just want to let you know I'm I'm good with my training and say your goodbyes, right? Well, it would be sort of amazing if if it's like Tanaka was recovering from like a skin cancer removal. <laughs> right. He had his knee, repl- his like hip replaced. I just can't move. He's fine. No, How do you he's, feel? I'm an old man. He's Why? like, yeah, no, I'll see you after the Kumite. <laughs> no, I'll be here. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I could see the, I could see the writing session. Frank sitting in the room and he's telling the story and he's like, and then I went in and I, I met my Shidoshi face to face and, and said my goodbyes and they're like, oh man, was he sick? And he's like, no, he just, he just had a, like a hip replacement. <laughs> <laughs> right. He had a, he had gout, <laughs> but he, they never show or even imply that he died. No. We never, just we, like, know, we never know what happened to he's him. He's sick. Just j- he could just have a stomach bug. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's just old. So so the next the next scene suddenly 
Frank is in Hong Kong. We're seeing the action happening. Do you, do you think it would have... Does it make for a better movie? Like, would it have been better if Tanaka had been healthy and had come with him? I think it, I think it makes it weaker. Like, if he dies yeah. in Mickey fashion, <laughs> like... The dies at the ringside. ring. Chong Lee, like, karate just, chops just him or something. Just and pushing yeah. him like roughly <laughs> kills Tanaka <laughs> shakes him up a little bit Tanaka gets one last like blow in before he dies I do I think know. I feel like Frankie yeah, being on his own I guess makes for a more dramatic story I think I think that the being able to say goodbye was dramatic but I also it's I don't maybe he did die in a previous version of it and we just never saw it yeah I don't know Who it, knows? It doesn't, it's 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 not impactful but so but anyway, Dukes is on his own in Hong Kong Dukes is on his own in Hong Kong He's on a double-decker tour bus when, when Jackson, fully representing the good old USA, <laughs> in Harley attire, Levi's, and, and Reebok's high Head-to-toe America. And uh, gets on the bus drinking beer. Long hair, beer in hand. Was that, I, I never noticed if he was drinking American beer or not. It I'm seemed just sure, generic. I'm pretty sure that if you look closely, there are like Asian symbols. I think okay. that he, he probably depleted his American alcohol on the plane. <laughs> And it, it immediately started looking for the nearest convenience store. Uh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation. Beer. I need beer. And Jackson just, like, immediately starts harassing a woman. That's America. That's, it's like, well, are we supposed to find him endearing or find him repulsive? I think you're supposed to sort of be bemused by him in the same way that Frank is, where he's kind of, like, just rolling his eyes and, like, chuckling to himself instead of being, like, Sir, you need to leave this lady alone. This lady I mean, alone. he's doing it all with like a smile on yeah. his face, but it's still like a dirt bag. He's just like, you want to? What do you, you want to go out with a real big man? Oh, it's, it's gross. gross. It's easy. Then he's like throws his leg up, and she's like trapped in her seat now. To put that nasty. Listen, walking around Kowloon. Those high top Reeboks. It's gross. Were those There's, pumps? Uh, I don't think he could afford. Pumps, I don't man. know that pumps were even a but thing. But the high tops were a thing. They were. <laughs> he was rocking them. They were. They were excellent. He's like, what is he? Didn't he say something like "too good looking for you"? <laughs> I mean, he's so he's funny. Well, I think that's. But that doesn't elicits. make it okay. No. Yeah. No. It's totally skeezy. It's a terrible moment. But but f- yeah. Frank just sort of rolls his eyes. Turns out they're staying at the same hotel as we learned oh, later. Oh, of but course. The, but well, we it seemed like half the Kumite guys are in that hotel. They're all at the East Lake. That, that's in your welcome packet is, <laughs> is hotel accommodation. Go check in at the you East have a room Lake. Set up, you have your, a room set up under Kumite. Your handler under, will find you under there. Under Black Dragon Society. Yeah, your discount code is Kumite. <laughs> <laughs> your um, discount code is Fight to Survive. So the reporter. Yeah, Janice. Who, I didn't even know she had a name before no. doing research. I didn't know she had a name. Uh, do they ever say her name? Name. Well, Frank Jean Claude muddles his way. I think he calls her Janice at one point, but it's like I don't. Know. It's like you can barely slurs, make out what it is. He Janice. slurs her name out. So Janice, Janice is at the bar talking to a couple of silk pajama kung fu fighters, <laughs> asking them about the kumite. Everyone's playing dumb about it. She's trying to she's kumite. Trying to, what is kumite? Exactly. She's trying to to give them info, like bribe them with information about their their opponents. I feel like they should have exchanged a glance when she's like, "I've got information about your opponents." That should have been like they looked at each other, like, "Well, maybe they have." honor man they do have honor those two were very serious guys they were they were and so cut from that from that shit going on at the bar and we see jackson rocking and rolling at an old school arcade game which i found out was from 1984 called karate champ i i a guy i work with named rick I wasn't even sure if that was a real game or not and he said back in like he's a, a little older than me he said oh that game was like 
awesome at the arcade that like yeah it was just joysticks no buttons really? but it was like a combination so it was like a combination of like two ups and a left would do like a flip kick or something oh, like it was that makes sense. you hit combinations with the joystick and it would make you do certain moves that's that seems like we would need much more like a, a much more sophisticated touch to be good at than just well, pressing a punch or kick button they cut the the scenes out of the <laughs> Out of the Frank Duke's training montage of him training on the video game, because he's like skilled at it. Oh, so you, uh, and we see him walk by. He sort of observes Jackson, and Jackson checks him out, checking him out, and says, "says <laughs> you you want to play?" He's like, "Yeah." You, you think you can beat me? Well, I'll try. Frank says, "I'll try." <laughs> and so yeah, so and then there's, there's that some, moment you love. There's some well, there's some discrepancy about this line, and I've always I, I may have been misquoting it. I guess according to the, the subtitles. The subtitles. When Frank starts to reach for money, I always used to think that Jackson was saying, no, 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 no I've got it. It only takes money, which I, I just thought that's hysterical. It's like, of course, he was like, he's like belittling Frank. Exactly. Like he, have money. he was going to come out with like a pocket lint or a stick of gum or something. But he apparently actually says. The subtitles say he's like, I don't want to take your money to Frank, like See? thinking like, uh, I, well, it's still like you're cares? a poor guy. Yeah. He doesn't know anything about Frank. But they, they well, get it on. Maybe Frank smells because he'd been wearing the same outfit for four days. That's true. He showed up in Hong Kong wearing the same tank top and leather jacket that he was wearing in he'd California. Been traveling at least 24 to 48 hours. What's that flight like? Is that nonstop? No. So, well, it depends on where you're coming from. I guess from California. He was West Coast. If you're coming West Coast, that's still that's still a real long flight. Do you have like a Hong Kong or like a Hawaii layover or something? No, I think you well, I don't know what it was like in They 80, can do that in flight. 86. Yeah, that's a non-stop flight. Okay. But it is a you like you say it's like an 18-hour flight or something crazy, I, right? I, yeah, it's it's long. I don't know if that is 18 hours. I'd have to check. I feel like it's more like at like 6 well, 6 I'm nitpicking. It's like 16, Kevin. We feel for whoever was sitting next to him on that flight though. And Jackson. He had to be funky. Jackson <laughs> just looks like he smells bad at all times. Yeah, he does. He smells like booze. One hundred percent. so yeah, unsurprisingly, Frank's mastery of the martial arts extends to video versions. Of as course, well. he's a natural. <laughs> um He kicks he kicks Jackson's ass and they and they both uh they both sort of confide in each other that they're there for Kumite and become fast friends. Right. He's like, You like this kind of fighting? And he's like, Yeah, and he's like, Well come watch me at the Kumite. It's like, which oh, yeah. is, I too am here for the Kumite. Which they're they're the two worst guys in, in all of Hong Kong that are not supposed Secret to be telling keeping. Yeah, like, it, yeah, they're just like, I'm here for the Kumite too. Americans are dumb is what we're taking but on from this. They're like, there's a weird bromance there. Like, oh, they I mean, are instantly best friends. It's like us. Oh. Insta friends. Yeah. And time. I feel like the, the, the what is it, Donald Gibb? Uh, yeah, Donald Gibb. I feel like his performance is what really sells it. Like oh, yeah. he's just instantly like, I'm gonna take this young guy under my wing. He's the great like like loud brash uh, like to Frank's straight man. Doesn't time. he says like, aren't you a little young for full contact? Yeah, aren't which you really a old to play video games. Which is a good comeback. Yeah. But also like, I don't understand what age would have to do with anything. Yeah, because at this point. I'm, I'm trying to remember back to I mean, the, the Black Van Damme, I think, was 27. I don't know how old Frank was supposed to be. Frank was supposed to be, like, 24, I think, or, okay. or younger when he... When Isn't he, that in your prime? You as an athlete? As a fighter, yeah. I don't know. I know Bolo Young was, like, 40 when this movie made. How good did he Seriously, look? Seriously, man, he looked incredible. Yeah. He was, like, a bodybuilding... I would have and not he, guessed that in a million I could see how you want to have experience and lots of fighting experience, I guess, before you go into something yeah. deadly. But who's... You could fight a lot 
<laughs> when you're, you know, a young man, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, you have more. I guess you would have more stamina. You you recover quicker, and it's easier to build muscle. But they, I mean, athletes also talk about coming into their man strength all the time. So I mean, yeah. But, but as a prize fighter, who even knows? I don't know. If you're out there. Send us an email to an email we don't have yet. <laughs> I think we do. It might, I don't remember what it is, but we'll hook it up later. Yeah. There's some, some email that I made. Um, now we got cut back to America. Where We're back in America and, and, the, and the hilariously named Helmer and Rollins. Which Helmer sounds, and Rollins. Which sounds like a barbecue joint. They uh, come to the Tanaka home. They come a knocking. They're looking for Frankie. And, and they're, they're dynamic besides one being old and white and the other being young and black is is hilarious because young doofy rollins played by future oscar winner uh forrest whitaker yes is being constantly oh, yes. stepped all over by the older ostensibly higher ranked and whiter very Elmer. much whiter <laughs> very whiter um, i felt like they had really good chemistry though you no know, no but it, it's great because the dynamic it, is because i mean you got a pro like whitaker getting stepped on whitaker who is just this is a big time of his life he's just coming off the success of good morning <laughs> vietnam and was about to he start had been in, in fast times at ridgemont high yeah, earlier oh, that's right is the is the football the, yeah, star the legend yeah my dad has an ultimate set of tools <laughs> i can fix this that is a movie right oh, there God, that's a good one not not fighting. Not we for can't this talk podcast, I guess. Right. But watch Fast Times Ridge my yeah. High. To Pos- this day, best high school portrayal I've ever oh, seen man. of like what it's actually like. It's real, real. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Forrest Whitaker does an amazing job of selling it, and they're they're timing like the banter back and forth and getting interrupted. Everything is spot on. But anyway, well, Forrest makes those great faces. Like oh, when yeah. when he gets stepped on, he just sort of like is like biting his tongue. Like this like, happens. Oh man, I want to smack this guy. All the time. <laughs> um. I feel like this would have been the time to say if Tanaka had died, right? Like this would have been the time to be like, well, he, like she's in mourning or like wearing a black dress. Like, you know, that would have been the moment I think to reveal if he had died. Do you remember in Karate Kid part two? When, when I mean the whole the whole premise of the movie is that Miyagi's traveled to Okinawa to say goodbye to to his dad, to his dad. What if there had been a moment like, like where, I don't know, it wouldn't have been, (laughs) <laughs> if they'd had Skype back then, it could have been a video goodbye. Frank talking to Shidoshi via Skype to yeah, say goodbye or a FaceTime. phone call or something to like amp him up before the thing. But yeah, I just, I don't think that there was, I don't think that there's any way that you can make that death happen and for it to carry the same kind of gravitas as... He needs to die on screen. I, th- I think it has to, but it's like... That would have been, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why he didn't just die because he's unnecessary in the plot after that. Yeah. And, and it would have lent that much more drama to what Frank is trying to the do. The only thing that I can think of is, is and then you, they couldn't have made it all happen because unless he was like at home on hospice care. I love that we're going back and still talking about. Oh, we got to. Sick. He's going back and like like Frank shows up at his house and he's on hospice care and he's like hooked up to IVs and he's gonna die. And like if but yeah. if, if Mrs. Tanaka said something like he doesn't have long. That's what it should have been. They show up and they want to talk to Tanaka and then she's like, well, he died yesterday. Right. Or hey, something writers, like that. Hey, writers, if you're listening, go back. It's time for a rewrite. There's still time. And Van Damme can still do a split. Van Damme is still ready. He's still ready. He stays doing splits at home. So they interrogate Mrs. Tanaka and she says, Frank is not here, but she doesn't know where he is now. Yep. Uh, and so, <laughs> and, and so they're like, bye. That's the end of that scene. <laughs> we cut back yeah. to Hong Kong 
and Dukes and Jackson for the first time meet their handler, Victor Lin. Lin is a character. <laughs> I love Lin. You, Jackson, you look like a Jackson. <laughs> what he is does that? look like a Jackson. He does. Doesn't he totally, he? Well, I mean, just all American. Yeah, totally. I don't, the only, if, it, if his name had been Smith, I think. Or, Anything. I yeah, you look like a Smith. You look like a Jones. Whatever. That would have been great. That would make you Frank Ducks. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's Dukes. Oh. Ah. <laughs> like you, put up your dukes, right? <laughs> Perfect. They're I like they're they're exchanging glances, uh, Frank and Jackson like eye rolling. Just they're they're very amused at Lynn, who for his part, great. I mean, he acted the hell out of oh, his out of his role. He was like so his character basically, his purpose is to just do exposition. Yeah. And he like actually did something. He made something of that character though. Something memorable. Yeah, because every line that he says is it's on. You remember his facial expressions. You remember like his vocal inflections. Yeah, that, he's that, definitely awesome. That he might steals, also be our. Uh, I feel like he steals like every scene that he's in. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say, for the super secret Kumite, he's talking very loudly about it in a crowded hotel lobby. Yeah, but. Again, ostensibly, everyone in that lobby is already in the Kumite. <laughs> so. It's like that thing that everyone, <laughs> that everyone knows about it, but yeah, I could see that. But only the three of them are talking about it, and Janice. Uh, so Len starts to take them to the Kumite Arena, which is, which is in the dark, seedy underbelly of Kowloon's walled city, which is... Which was uh, a real thing. It was a real thing, It was, and it was... Uh, I remember watching these scenes and being absolutely terrified. But yeah, what what's the line he says as they're walking through? Oh, he's like, we're about to what? We're going to cross an invisible border into like mainland China. He's like, once we get in the narrow, uh, narrow corridors, it's time to protect your nuts. Protect those nuts, boys. <laughs> and so apparently, this place was so it was so treacherous that just a few short years after this, the Chinese government completely really? bolted. Is that ra- that's why they knocked it down? They raised it, was- it to the ground. I think. Are you familiar with uh, like? Uh, there's this part of San Juan, old San Juan, Puerto Rico, and it's called La Perla, and it is where all the drug dealers lived. It was okay. it was notorious. It was it was like pirate shanty town, and like I've been in San Juan, and you kind of look down on it, and it's, okay. it's still like terrifying. So they tear it down because it's like where the criminal element is if safe. Wanna, if you want to remove the criminals, you destroy where they live, and so okay. anyway, so and it's easy to see why is there the camera work through these narrow corridors is the B roll is I mean it's spooky. It's apparently, a, apparently, like the movie had some like super exclusive access to this area where film crews were not allowed to really be. That's really interesting. I I believe it. I mean, they must have good like pre-production team or people on the ground, like actual Hong Kong people who could get them in there. And we're talking like what? uh, Like maybe maybe eight feet from side to side, maybe. Which you can try to build it on a soundstage or on a back lot, but this had the feeling of like it's real. The atmosphere was there. Um, there's like dirty, there's dirty shit going on down every little like alcove or whatever. And it, you, know, you were saying like, it just had to smell terrible oh in man. those alleys. It, you, it, well, it, Kowloon did it. Kowloon smelled like shit, like everything. It smelled like piss and shit and food with the food made up for it because it's just, you're kind of walking around, uh, you know, you're told not to drink the water, but, oh, yeah. but we also, we also missed a key moment right before they entered the walled city. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that is they're being granted admittance by the this Asian big, version. This Chinese guy. The Asian version of Jaws from James Bond. Yes. <laughs> he like, what, did he show him? Did he, what did he, did Lynn whisper in his ear? Did he show him the invites? 
And I think he what just, happened? I think they just he show says, up. Uh, he says something to him in Chinese. He says something he's, to okay, him. Okay, he speaks he Chinese says to him. something in Cantonese. Big that's guy not like looks Jackson and Dukes up and down, gives a big thumbs up and says, Okay, USA. <laughs> I love. Would that line be as memorable if, if it wasn't for Jackson turning to Frank and like sort of mocking him, like "Okay, USA"? I, I don't think I, I don't think so. You would have remembered it, but it's it's it was immediately solidified. I thought that was frigging. It's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. Such a good line. Yeah, it was like the gatekeepers, basically, right? So, so yeah, the gatekeepers guide them through the nightmarish hellscape of the walled city, before they they turn a corner and up. Uh, there's a pristine yeah. temple in, in the subway. <laughs> now, there's a movie that has been referenced before on this podcast, not an action flick, called Beer Fest, that, like, totally spoofed this whole walking down the alley and, like, there's shady shit going on in every corner, um, which I didn't really put two and two together until rewatching Bloodsport, like, five times within the last two weeks. But when they get to that main door, it's also that thing of, like, I feel like they were doing a, a gag with the two actors where neither one wanted to go first. Like, Jackson pushes Frank ahead, and then Frank sort of pushes Jackson through the well, door. Well, as they're walking down the alley, Jackson sort of puts his hand on Frank's shoulder. He's shoulders. like, all right, buddy, he's sort, he's sort you of like, got this. Sort of like, yeah, he's like, on the one hand, trying to comfort him, but on the on the other hand, like, hiding behind him just in case some <laughs> shit goes down. All right. Which aren't these two, like, they picture themselves as we can fight anybody, we can take oh, care yeah. of ourselves. They're the they're Americans. They're scared. They're the Americans. Yeah. I loved it. So they pass through the doors, the the beautiful pristine doors of the temple, and they mm-hmm. walk in, and immediately are, are met with the warm glow of, of of the ring and fighters warming up, sparring around, and uh, all also the gamblers are there. The bookies and their their female companions. They're like scouting the fighters, I guess. They go to who Lynn called the Black Dragon Boys. Yeah, and says that he gives them the rundown of of how you were admitted, which. To, to my now adult ears, it's a, there's a lot of rigmarole that you have to qual- you show the invitation, you have to qualify. And, and then didn't Duke say in real life, like once you got there, you had to prove to them that you could handle yourself? Yeah. Like, because they didn't necessarily know everybody who yeah, showed up with they an didn't invitation. Want people to show up and like endanger other people, yeah. you know, which is stupid because this is contact karate. That's but it leads point. to like some of the best dialogue in the movie. <laughs> Uh, so he shows, you know, they, the two black dragon guys, they look at each other with, they look at Frank's and they're like, you don't, he's like, this says he's trained by Shinzo Tanaka. You don't look like Tanaka. (laughs) And then Lin. And he's like, what's the hold up? What's the hold up? He's like, he's like, he says he's trained, he's Shidoshi was Tanaka. What's or, the difference if Bruce Springsteen is his Shidoshi? <laughs> it is, like, pretty great. Oh, my God. It's but so good. The dudes are like, all right, well, if you're really a Tanaka-trained guy, like, then you can show us the Dimmack. What the hell is a Dimmack? It's the death touch. Oh, man, the death touch. And this and this is, and for those of you who are as big of fans as, as we are of this movie, you know that the guys that, that created Mortal Kombat ripped this movie off within it within an inch of its life and all the, the test your might sequences of the game are like <laughs> directly ripped from this shit it's all the democ it's and so it, it means he's got a break a brick right he's got the right he's got such touch i guess that in a stack of bricks he can like put the right pressure on to break any one of the bricks in the stack energy transfer that's what the in real life frank dukes uh, which this is like a to. i feel like this is a, a conceit in a lot of karate movies yeah whether it's like 
I think there was the the one in Kill Bill that was like the five point palm exploding yeah, exactly. heart. It's like you do this right thing, you put the right pressure on, and you can make anything happen. I suppose if you find that pressure point, then you can yeah you you kind of bring your opponent to your. I think in a lot of kung fu movies, it's like a thing. So so he asks Lin to choose a brick, and Lin unsurprisingly <laughs> picks top middle. He doesn't know what's going on. He's, he's like, like, yeah, this top I don't one. Know this this one. But right Frank. as he's about to break it. Yeah, the dude's cut in, and there's like, no, bottom brick. And <laughs> which, which the whole room stops. The to whole listen. room shuts down. You have our attention. Everyone wants to watch. Um, the tension really builds. I feel like there was good music there, as well as, Frank, as, well as I guess, Van Damme. Well, this but is, like breathing exercises and oh, all this that. Is, and this is the first moment where we hear uh, some pretty interesting stuff from the film's uh, composer, Paul Herzog. Um, where we, we sort of hear the return of Frank's training music as he's getting in that mind space to break yes. the brick. It's like a very sort of mystical sounding They're like musical wind chimes cue. and stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty effective. He's focused in. He like does his thing. It's a pretty great effect. I assume it was a special effect. Yeah. They just had a rig rigged like a clean up, like rigged to blow up or whatever, brick rigged to blow up. And it explodes from the bottom van damme sells it with his typical like van damme face like his screaming ah! <laughs> or whatever right <laughs> all the other fighters like seem pretty intimidated or impressed or just like super impressed except for chong lee who who jackson sort of nudges frank and says hey buddy turn around and get a yeah, look this at this piece guy of work. <laughs> and chong lee delivers this this nugget <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you have to go for it. Oh, he's a very nice, but brick no hit back. <laughs> now, is this scene like the Dimac scene? Is that the most memorable scene in the whole movie? It's a great scene. The most memorable. I scene? feel like that the visual of like him hitting the brick or whatever is almost like as that stands out to me when it's, I try to picture. If of all the what moments, I think of, of all I think the of moments the film. where it's like Frank achieves some sort of like not godlike mystical power but i mean that's there's something kind of otherworldly about being able to isolate energy and choose the brick that's going to break like that <laughs> so yeah it doesn't make it's any like sense magical from, or whatever from a physics right standpoint i would love to see a uh what is that show the science network show you remember the yeah. one where they're like testing all the things oh, to see mythbusters mythbusters i would love to see a mythbusters episode dude that is a good call. And get a karate expert on there to, to see if he could do perform the dim mac, and they'd probably say this. There's is that thing I don't. What do you impossible. call this? The swinging balls thing. Yeah, that's kind of a transfer of energy. I don't know. It's on every principal's desk or every <laughs> every CEO's desk yes. in America. That thing. You probably know what we're talking about. If we don't feel like it when we so sobered up, we'll just edit that out. <laughs> but it is like a, an energy transfer thing. Yeah. You send your energy through all the bricks to the bottom one. People know what we're talking about. The they steel know. ball, the ball bearing, swinging back and forth. At each yeah, time. it has a name. Jacob's we ladder. We know what it's called. We don't know what it's called, and you don't either. <laughs> yeah. If you do, please tweet at us. Absolutely. Um, but so yeah, the 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 judges or whatever then are like, of course. Oh, yes, we'll honor your invitation. Yeah, no shit. Okay. <laughs> Jackson, no shit you honor his invitation. So so we've cut from a successful induction ceremony at the Black Dragon Society to Helmer and Rollins chilling with Inspector Chen at the downtown Hong Kong precinct to yep. try to find uh, Dukes. And uh, he only, after a little arm twisting, and they reveal that they know what the Kumite is about, and he tries to play dumb. He's like, Kumite? What? 
Yeah, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, boys. Yeah, yeah they twist his arm a little bit, and he agrees to, he agrees to help. I'm, I'm skipping through that fast because it's a lot of hand-waving because we need to get to a more important scene, which <laughs> immediately follows this, which is um, the scene with Hossein, Hossein in the hotel bar. He's harassing our reporter, Janice. Oh, he, I mean, let's be honest. He's essentially doing the exact same thing that we found charming when Jackson did it on the bus. But he's much more menacing. He's trying to, he's trying to physically grab her. And he's got, like, goons with him. Yeah, and and he after she calls him an asshole, rares back to slap the crap out of her before being He grabs stopped. her, yeah. 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 They, who, Frank grabs him? Yeah, Frank grabs Hossein's arm as he's reaching back to slap. And and we sort of see we start to see the beginning True. of their exchange. There's about to be a throwdown. People are about to get <laughs> disqualified from Kumite. Yeah, was it who was it? Oh, it was Frank who says like we're going to get thrown out of Kumite just for her? Oh, yeah. And this look of incredulity, like, what? She's like, I'm worth getting God, thrown out of Kumite. Yeah. She wants people to fight over her. That's, Jan- <laughs> that's Janice's style. She's a drama queen. Janice is, she wants that attention. <laughs> um, Hossein maintains that despite many protestations that Janice is, in fact, coming upstairs with him <laughs> so that he can, I guess, rape her. And, and they're supposed to be okay with it. But Frank then makes a friendly wager. Are you a betting man, Hossein? <laughs> What is bet? <laughs> he bets Janice's sexual honor that he yeah. can successfully yoink a coin out of Hossein's hand. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's no reason to assume that this is going to work. Like, I just wonder in my mind what would have happened if he had lost the bet. Like, they weren't going to let them take Janice. I guess that, I mean, but they would have been, they would have been disqualified. For just for fighting? Yeah. I guess so. So, I mean, but that's the thing is, if you're fighting for machismo, is that different, different than protecting a woman's honor? <laughs> I don't know. But I will say the whole, that, that coin, the coin scene we're about to talk about is another one that's like as memorable as anything. Yeah, and that's, an, it's like we fully, we're seeing Frank perform some Jesus-like miracles here. And or some David Blaine-like magic. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's fucking with people's heads. Frank is actually a magician, which I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually but true. But yeah, the, basically the gist is he puts the coin in Hossein's hand, a quarter, and he tells him, all right, if you can close your hand before I can grab the coin, then you can have Janice. Basically, if sweet I can grab bet. the coin, then she belongs to me. That's a sweet bet. <laughs> and I, I love Jackson's face here. He's like, oh, my God. He's buddy. like, I hope you know what you're doing, buddy. It's so great. And then we get a momentary flashback of simpler times when Frank used to hand catch goldfish with his shidoshi. Oh, yeah. He's got We get this, a momentary right? flashback. He's all been training for this and moment. We, and we see close-ups of his eyes. There's a slight quiver of an eyebrow and bam. Yeah, he's like, go or something. And yeah, he go. It happens like the blink of an eye, and Hossein's like, "Ha you lose, American asshole." <laughs> Which, first of all, this comes up in Kickboxer too. How would you hear Van Dam talking and say, "Oh, you're an American"? Just just by virtue of that fact, Hossein could have been American. <laughs> Hossein's from Queens. <laughs> He's as American as Van Dam is. One hundred percent. Anyway, but, but then we get some. We get some. Some excellent physical acting from Van Damme, that, that overhead point. A weird downward pointing gesture. <laughs> you only see his fingertip almost coming in from off screen. Um, yeah. But yeah, Newt Hossein. Newt should have come out wide for that shot. But Hossein opens his hand and, and he swapped the coins. Not only did he grab the quarter, 
he swapped. The he left coins. him, I guess, maybe a Hong Kong or Chinese coin in I there. I guess the girl's coming with me. <laughs> so now, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Don't She's tweet mine. Me that that's the long, the wrong line. I know. But then we got Frank and Janice walking on the pier or whatever, wearing the most ridiculous '80s clothes. Oh yeah. Like super baggy, huge shoulder pads. It's insane. His pants are, again, always pulled up to his, like, way <laughs> his past his are, navel. His pants are, yeah, up to, like, well above the belly button, maybe two inches below his, his uh, pecs. But this is a, a great moment of exposition in this romantic uh, romantic uh, harborside stroll where Janice uh, says, I hear the Kumite is unnecessarily brutal. It's like a cockfight, but with people. Right, and yeah. He, and she's, like, asking him for more intel, and he's like, Nah. She's pumping him for information. He says, I'll talk to you if you want to have dinner later. Which, Which is, is pretty a, smooth. It, you like that move? I, mean, I don't know. Everything, Van Damme just comes off sleazy to me. Well, is that Euro because trash. Are, you, are you thinking of like him in the bar and kickboxer? Because like, I don't know. I guess it was a good move. Dancing. I mean, she could have said no. But I feel like the way that he asked her wasn't necessarily skeezy. So Janice agrees to dinner, even though she was she jokes that she kind of wishes that Hossein... Would have taken her to dinner, which... Which I guess this is early in the morning, then, that the showdown kind of was happening, because there's, like... That's early in the day to be putting off rapey vibes for Hossein. And Hossein had to get to the Kumite. He doesn't have time to go upstairs with Janice. You don't know Hossein's pre-fight ritual? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know. But... So there will be a dinner happening between Frank and Janice. We can only wait for the sparks to fly. But... There's a whole day of Kumite fighting that's got to happen first. How will Frank have the energy to have dinner with Janice? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to find out in the next chapter of our uh, breakdown of Bloodsport. Thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll yep. see you next time. We'll be back. Yeah.